Hello everyone, welcome back to Nightmare Theater, a book club for nightmares. On this second episode, um, I'd like to talk about some of the deeper folklore um, associated with nightmares and nightmare anthropology, if you'd like to call it that. Um, and then next week I'll be presenting probably more around uh, nightmare complications, things that can happen during nightmares, and I'll just briefly touch on those today. Um, remember for next week to send in your nightmares to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. Uh, I'd be very happy to read your stories and I can keep it anonymous or credit you if you want, however you'd like to do it. Um, but yeah, so in the second part of today's stream, I'd like to get into reading some stories from Reddit for the time being, while we're still building an audience. Don't have the emails pouring in just yet, but that's fine. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to start with the presentation. Just give me a minute. Okay, so as a reminder from last week, uh, we were talking about the mare, which of course is the origin of the word nightmare, and it is a um, comes from the Proto-Indo-European word mer, M-E-R, which is referring to a malicious entity that rides on people's chests while they sleep, giving them bad dreams. Um, but many cultures uh, took this root idea in different directions somewhat, although there are some similarities, and there's slightly different folklore surrounding it in each case, so I wanted to discuss some of that today. So Scandinavia, particularly, like some of these uh, Norse sagas have quite uh, detailed accounts of nightmares, and I feel like I could almost do a whole presentation on just Scandinavia, and I might do that uh, two weeks from now, but no promises. Um, but starting with uh, this first story. So in the 13th century, the king of Uppsala, Venlandi Svigoysen, is said to have been killed by a mare. So death by nightmare, if you will. Um, and this was a nightmare that, or a mare rather, because that's what the actual mythology is talking about. And this mare was summoned to kill him by a Finnish witch named Huld. And Huld was hired to do this by a woman named Drifa. So this king liked to travel to other lands and at one point he was wintering in Finland. Uh, and at the time he was staying with a man called Snae the Old. Uh, and during his stay, he won his daughter, Snae the Old's daughter's, hand in marriage, and that is Driva. And in the spring, uh, King Venlandi went back to Uppsala, and he promised that he would return in three years to be with her. However, after ten years had elapsed and he still had not come back to be with her, she was extremely upset by this, and so Driva went and hired a sorceress, to either lure the king back to her, or if that didn't succeed, then the witch was to assassinate him. 
uh, and so that the witch's name is Huld, as I mentioned earlier. And when this witchcraft begun, Venlandi had a sudden urge to go to Finland, but his adv his advisors persuaded him not to. Uh, so that would have been, you know, he didn't come back, so the next step would be to assassinate him. So uh, Venlandi was avoiding sleep after he complained to his advisors that a nightmare rode him. The king's advisors held his head, but when they did that, uh, the, the mare trod on his legs to the point of breaking, and when his advisors held his feet, the creature is said to have fatally pressed down on his head. So I got goosebumps the first time I read this because it shows that they literally believed that the mare is a physical creature tormenting their bodies and minds. Um, and later the Swedes burned uh, the king's body at uh, the river Sketa and raised a standing stone for him. Uh, in the Inglinga saga, which was written around 1225 Common Era. Uh, it's also mentioned, and there's a bit of a poetic prose about the final hours of King Venlanda. Uh, so, and Venlanda, in a fatal hour, was dragged by Grimhild's daughter's power, the witch wife's to the dwelling place, where men meet Odin face to face, trampled to death to Skyta's shore, the corpse's faithful followers bore. And there they burnt, with heavy hearts, the good chief killed by witchcraft's arts. Um, just have to check something. There we go. Got to get the music going. I knew something was missing. Um, so there are, as I mentioned before, several Scandinavian sagas that have uh, similar accounts of nightmares that appear to have real power or the danger uh, or the ability to harm or kill the person having it. Um, and so now this one is from the Vat Vatans de la Saga. Sorry, yeah, you can see it at the top there. It's not an uh, easy thing for me to pronounce. But in the saga, a man named Thorkel Silver has a dream in which he's riding a red horse that barely touched the ground. And uh, as a side note, I'm sure many of us have had nightmares where we are running in place and unable to really make solid contact with the ground. Um, but it's interesting to see an account of this that comes from approximately 1300 or 700 years ago and it's in the form of him riding a horse. So he initially took this as a good omen, but his wife disagreed, suggesting that the red color of the horse signified bloodiness and that the horse itself represented the man's fetch. Now, a fetch is similar to a doppelganger, if you're familiar with that. And uh, it's described as an exact spectral double of a living human whose appearance is ominous ominous and usually signifies death um, and interestingly I couldn't actually find much online about what happened to this man who had this nightmare but it is still interesting to me to see these you know nightmares similar to some of our own 700 years ago uh, moving over to Germany um, speaking of the doppelganger 
where in the 14th century it was not uncommon for there to be prayers or charms to ward off nightmares. And one such prayer was recorded by a German folklorist, Franz Felix Edelbert Kuhn. And it goes like this. Here I am, lying down to sleep. No nightmare shall plague me until they have swum through all waters that flow upon the earth and counted the stars that appear in the firmament. Thus help me, God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. In Poland, um, the Mara, or Mer, Mer, same thing that we're talking about, was connected to being, it was associated with being a demon of winter. And in Poland, it took a little bit different of a turn compared to these other cultures in that they believed that a person could become a mare through various means. Um, so the soul of a person, they believe, such as a, a sinful woman or someone who wronged uh, or who died without a confession, uh, a little bit more of a Catholic tradition, um, they were believed that their spirit could become a mare, but even a living person could become a mare. So there were, def there were several superstitions associated with this. In particular, the seventh born daughter was someone that was thought to be at risk for becoming a mare. Uh, in the same household, I assume. Uh, those who had their names pronounced incorrectly while being baptized. Those who had multicolored eyes. So I guess I took that to mean like one brown, one blue. Uh, some people have, but for all I know, that could even just be within a single eye, multiple colors. Or a unibrow. That was a risk factor to, towards becoming a mare. Uh, if a woman was promised to marry a man, but then he married another, and the, uh, the unmarried woman could then become a mare during nights, so she would actually undergo, or it was thought that she could undergo an actual transformation, almost like a werewolf, and then return to being a human during the day. Uh, also, those who mispronounced a prayer. Seems like pronunciation is pretty important in Poland. Um, but individuals who became mares could transform into animals or objects and would drain people, cattle, horses of energy and or blood at night while they slept. And the superstition was strong enough that individuals in order to protect their livestock would hang mirrors over the manger uh, as the mare would supposedly be afraid of its own face. Uh, as well they would put dead predatory birds over stable doors in an attempt to scare off the mare. Um, and then moving into England and North America. So the hag, or the old hag, is sort of the more, or next to most modern interpretation of the mare creature. No, you know what, I think that is the most modern out of what I read. Um, so it's similar to the Scandinavian Mara. It sits on the sleeper's chest and sends them into nightmares. Um, when the subject awakes, they find themselves unable to move or even breathe for a short period of time. And this state of being, uh, unable to move just after sleep, uh, this was referred to as being hag-ridden. Um, so Right, for obvious reasons, because the, the hag is supposedly sitting on your chest, giving you nightmares. Um, 
And in the modern day, this is referred to as sleep paralysis, which I'm sure most of you have heard of. Uh, and of course, it's a very real phenomenon. Uh, frequently discussed as though it were a paranormal state, however. Uh, and as I just showed you in folklore, it can even be deadly. So that story that I described earlier of King Van Landi, um, in different translations of the saga, it describes him as being hag-ridden to death. Uh, so that's lovely. Uh, and there are many stories that use hags as a tool to frighten children into being good. Of course, we've all probably heard like Hansel and Gretel, for example. Um, but those stories aren't usually associated with nightmares. So, for example, yeah, another example, the hag who lives in the river trees and has skin the color of pond scum, and she will pull children into the depths of the river with her long arms. This is very obviously sort of a um, literary tool to get children not to veer too close to the water, right? And it's not really described well enough to know whether they are an old woman who knows magic, a witch, or a supernatural being in terms of the folklore of the hag specifically. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, the ex uh, sorry, yeah, the expression "an old hag attack," which apparently is an expression, certainly it's not one that I've was familiar with before today. It refers to a hypnagogic state in which the subject is paralyzed and has terrifying hallucinations, aka sleep paralysis. But that's something that I'm going to go into more in next week's presentation. Uh, again, when I'm going to be talking about nightmare complications and the science of sleep paralysis. So, that's it for the presentation portion this week. A sinful woman. Yeah. Looks like Captain Picard. Don't know what that's referring to. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe this last image. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. The the, uh, the the photo of the hag. Yeah, it does actually look a little bit like a, a twisted Captain Picard. I see it. Um, maybe I'll just... Let me just put that up on the screen again real quick. Oh, I didn't do it. Never mind. You can, you can just play it back. <laughs> um, right, so there's this week's presentation. Uh, and now, I'd like to get into some nightmares uh, from Reddit this time. But, again, send them, send them to, the, to the email. We'll get your own nightmares read next week. Um, okay. So right now I'm actually looking at a subreddit called Nightmares, um, and the title of this one is called I Cried. It was freaking horrifying. And this was posted by a user called ACNH Kid Cat Fan. Um, and let me get into that in just a moment. My nightmare was set up in the country. Not much people, not much drama. I was kidnapped and taken to this house where there was nothing but grass for miles. No trees, no animals or anything, just grass with a decently small house plopped mid-center. When I was walked into the house, there was an, 
there was an around 30-year-old male in the dining room, praying, but it wasn't like normal prayer, like you would imagine it to be. He was praying to the people that had died in that house. He was afraid they might do something to him again. The dining room was to the left. The bathroom was no more than four feet in front of the house entrance, and the living room was to the right. Very small, comfy, country, house-like building. There was a woman in the living room, just relaxing on the couch. She was staring at the TV. Of course, my dream wasn't that detailed, so I don't know what was on. I just know she was watching it. The kidnappers sat down, me down on the couch next to her. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. I just sat there, watching the TV with her. It was one of those houses where you could just feel the spirits that were haunting it. It was terrible. Anyways, then I had to use the restroom. It was incredibly small. You took one step in and to the right there was a toilet and left was the sink. That's it. You had room to stand between the two and nothing more. There were mirrors above both the toilet and the sink. So I did what I needed to do and sat down. I had my palms against my forehead, and suddenly everything turns absolutely pitch black, silent, and I could feel the pounding of my heart, in the dream and in real life. Blood is now dripping from every crack and corner of the ceiling. It was gory. Then, pale arms and hands with the brightest red nail polish I had ever seen start to grasp my knees. I hear... You'll find us when you least expect it, in a whispering, faint woman's voice. No one was talking to me. I didn't see any faces. It was as if there was a speaker in the bathroom. Then I woke up. I immediately went to the bathroom. Somehow wasn't freaked out by that, but I could not look into the mirror. I poured my eyes out. And that is the end of that story. Any thoughts about that? It's definitely hard to imagine that it's based on some fear that she has in her real life, other than perhaps kidnapping ghosts if she's a superstitious person. I don't know. The reason I'm asking this, of course, is because in last week's episode I was talking about how it's gen generally believed that nightmares are... Uh, generated by your brain as a means of processing memory so you know without a whole lot of backstory it's difficult to say what sort of things this woman has encountered in her past um, yeah it's a weird dream hmm. this is another one I was looking at earlier today so this one is called I've worked in death care for years and my dreams are sometimes disturbing. And this is posted by a user called Barfenstein. Lovely. Um, Throughout my career, I've worked various positions in the death care industry. I've worked in the funeral industry, both in and out of the embalming room. I've worked in tissue banking, where I processed cardiovascular tissue and long bones. I've also recovered corneas and had to spend time shadowing at the medical examiner's office. 
So suffice it to say, I've seen a lot of death and gore throughout the years. Never seen anyone actually die though, oddly enough. Just seen them once they're dead. Throughout all my years, I feel like I've remained fairly well-rounded. Sometimes it can be a bit heavy, but I haven't really had a lot of trouble ta taking the emotional baggage from work home with me. That being said, one notable thing that has happened, and can be fairly traumatizing when it happens, are my dreams. Before I got into the industry, I did used to dream of death, but when I did, I never actually saw any corpse. The person would be completely absent from my dream, and I would just know that they had died. This changed once I started to actually see a lot of corpses. Now whenever I dream of death, there is almost always a hyper-realistic body that goes along with it. This doesn't really bother me when I dream of random dead people that I don't know in real life. Like I said, the gore doesn't really get to me. The trouble is when I dream of someone I know being dead, it's happened multiple times and to be frank, it's pretty fucked up. I had a dream that my boyfriend died. I of course wanted to take care of his funeral preparations, including his embalming and his funerary cosmetics. In my dream, as would have happened in real life, he had to go first to the ME's office for autopsy. Since he was relatively young, and his death was unexpected, that means when I was at the table embalming him, he was posted post-autopsy. There were cranial and thoracic incisions, and I had to sew the bio bag full of his viscera into his abdominal cavity, as most often happens in real life, and it made his stomach look bloated. Wow, this is disturbing. I sewed up his cranial incisions and began washing his long hair. It was crusted with blood, and I had to pick out little dried clumps of clotted blood stuck to the locks of his hair, and that's when I started to cry. Apparently, I was whimpering in my sleep because my boyfriend woke up. It was bizarre, but insanely relieving to go from washing blood out of the hair of his corpse to being right next to his living, breathing body. I really hate when I have those dreams. They're so real. Oftentimes I can smell the bodies. Or at least I dream I do. That's a messed up one. Yeah, let, me, let me turn off the music in between so that you know what I'm reading versus interpreting but yeah that's rough <laughs> i mean obviously like i mean it's it's you know why she's having the nightmare right like she's just in that situation like constantly um yeah but it's hard to imagine being in that uh position and just like like sure I've had I've had stuff that's similar to that but not in that level of detail certainly. That's wild. Why do we need to process memory? Hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have the I don't have enough of a neuroscience background for that. 
Uh, here's a short one. Short but Terrifying Childhood Dream. That's the title. And it's a post by Darren Harding. I once had a dream when I was five to seven, where I was in my bed. The foot of the bed was facing towards the door and awake. And away. Sorry, sorry, I, I messed that up. Uh, suddenly, my door creaked open, and out came one of my childhood toys, which I named Baby Bear. He wobbled in, and I was happy to see him. But it took a dark turn when another teddy bear came in, but with my dad's head sewed on, with a dead look on his face, my smile was swept away, and I awoke quickly. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting, interesting. I mean, that one definitely seems to be maybe just a fear of loss mixed with some some other stuff going on, some other stuff going on deep down. Uh, yeah, certainly doesn't sound fun. Oh, especially in childhood, yeah, five to seven years old. A teddy bear with your father's head sewed on it. Yeah, that would that'd be pretty rough for five to seven years old. I'd have to imagine. Okay, this one looked promising. I didn't I didn't read it all the way through. Um, me, my boyfriend, and my dog are all having nightmares since we moved into a new bedroom. And this is a post by a user named. Chrissy Boo Boo. Since we moved into a new bedroom in my house, all three of us, me, my boyfriend, and my dog, have been waking up crying. My boyfriend woke me up tonight around 3 a.m., hugging me. He said I was howling in a high-pitched voice. He said it was not like a sound a person makes, more like a dog howling in a high pitch. We have been in the master bedroom since October and before this we slept on the first floor, behind some dividers, because I was using the master as an Airbnb. I used to be in a pretty traumatic relationship, 2006 to 2008, and we slept in this room then. So I guess this is a house she's lived in for some time. So I've not slept in this room for about 10 years. P.S. I notice that the bedroom is now very cold, which I never noticed before, we feel like there's some cold air coming in, and we cannot figure out where it's coming from. Nobody has died in my place or any of the townhouses next door, so I don't think it's a ghost, but does feel like we're being haunted. I can't really remember too many details, other than that it felt like I was saying get off me when I woke up today. But to be fair, my boyfriend was hugging me, so that may have been the cause of that. Anybody have any idea what may be going on here? Um, well, it definitely sounds like she's superstitious. Um, it's kind of interesting to think that like she isn't actually recounting the dream itself at all, just sort of a symptom of the dream or how she wakes up from it. Um, but it does seem possible that she is... Uh, Afraid of ghosts, uh, but again, we, we can't really analyze the dream. Did she murder her boyfriend? Um, 
not as far as it says in this post. I don't know if she would just admit to that uh, in the middle of, uh, of, a, of a Reddit post, but I mean, maybe she's got a split personality or something and she just murders him with one and then has nightmares about it with the other. <laughs> That'd be a fun thought. Spooky line between life and death. Separate bedrooms would fix that. I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought that she was going to get into the dog and the boyfriend also having nightmares, but it's just, she just kind of talked about her making a, a noise that could have been made by the dog as well. I don't know. I don't think that's a very good one, to be honest. I, I feel like, I feel like we can do better. Here's another shorter one. This one is called My Twin, I believe. Or my, it just says, My showed me all the funny faces her dead twin made. And it's by Banaha Ice Cream. I've been having some visually really awful dreams lately, and I really don't know why. I don't know into how much detail I'm allowed to go, but last night I might have had one of the most visually terrifying dreams I've ever had. This little girl in my dreams seems to have murdered her twin, and she showed me all the faces she made before and after. She even said she made her face smile and do other funny stuff afterwards, and proceeded to show me those horrifying expressions. I'm not talking about a little girl just making faces. She showed me flashes of pictures of her actual dead twin. Dreams always feel extremely real to me. This was actually happening. It is always a bit hard to explain to other people since they can't see what I saw. I have to write these things down or else it messes with my head too much. I think we all understand how real nightmares can be. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, that just seems, seems kind of like standard spooky. Uh, I wonder if she knows someone that has a twin in real life. Again, the title says my showed me. So it seems like there's a word missing there. Information that we may never know. We may never know. Um, Here's one I haven't looked at yet. Just, okay, sorry, let me back up. The title of this one is, I can't even know how to explain this horror I felt right now. And it's by Tiago QF. I just woke up, had to turn on the lights and take a moment. Woke up very frightened and to be honest, there were some time that I hadn't had a dream like this, maybe years. I don't think English is his first language, but I'm doing my best. Well, it's very simple indeed. I'm on some kind of birthday party in someone's house, like a children's birthday. The music is playing and everyone's enjoying it. Some of us reunited, chatting and laughing. It was so normal and I wasn't expecting anything bad to happen. I don't know. It was just like a real-life social gathering. And then, out of nowhere, 
people started to scream. I look around and everyone is somewhat horrified, like a strong acid started to kick in. Like you realize what's happening right now, and it's something awful your mind can't even begin to comprehend. I started to feel the same, observing children lacking the sense of perception and crying, old people sitting and not saying anything. It hit me like I was a lie, like I didn't exist or had to be there at all, like everything was just a simple construct breaking some kind of logic, and your brain wants to put the pieces together, but nothing seems to fit. This dreadful feeling hit me so hard that when I woke up I was still having it. Like this right now, the real world, somehow seems unreal. Something just for show. Had to recollect my thoughts for a moment. My heart was racing. For a brief moment, I was lost, that my bedroom wasn't mine. I don't think I'll be able to sleep again now. I'll spend some time on Reddit to make it pass. Um, I find that one really interesting, actually. So it sounds like he had, like, existential dread, like, but in the form of a nightmare. Um, I feel like most of us at some point in our lives have had some share of existential dread, uh, but I don't know if I've... I've ever actually had it happen in a nightmare like this. Uh, that's brand new to me. Um, and also the way that they have it collectively as a group. That's so intriguing. Like, you know, usually when you're having existential dread about like, you know, maybe, you know, what is reality? Like, like what am I like as a human or whatever? Um, you know, that's something that you have in private, but like, it's interesting to see in his dream he's at a party and then all of the people at the party collectively have the existential dread. That's really interesting to me. It makes me think that he's probably like very anxious about it. Like in his day to day life, and I almost feel like bad for him. I don't know. That's wild. Okay. This one, this one looks promising. Uh, no, no new comments. Okay, so this one's about doppelgangers. So the post is titled Doppelgangers and Why I Never Trust Loved Ones in Dreams. The post is by people underscore allergy XXX. I just had the scariest nightmare. In my opinion, honestly, this might not scare you. Little disclaimer there. Anyway, I dreamt I was in my classroom. It was the end of the day, when the office suddenly said on the intercom that my mother was here to pick me up. I was confused, since usually I rode the bus, but I figured she had her reasons, so I got my stuff, walked to our car, and she was acting normal, so I just got my phone out and started playing games. Then we got home, and I saw a text from my friend asking where I was and that my mother told her to ask me. I said I was with my mother, but she said that she was with my mother. I started freaking out because then who was I with? My mother saw me freaking out and asked me what was wrong. 
I said nothing. So she walked to the house, and when she opened the door, I made sure she wasn't looking, and I just started running. She didn't try to chase me after, so after a while I stopped. Then I started walking around. When I saw my friend and my mother, I thought I was saved. I ran to my friend, and she was like, there you are. Give me a hug, I missed you. But I looked into her eyes and I said, are you really my friend? And she looked at me and said, no, duh. So I chuckled and hugged her, but then she wouldn't let go. So I started freaking out again. Her fingers were digging into my rib cage. I was flailing and screaming when my mother hugged me from behind and started ripping my stomach open, saying I couldn't run from her. I like that one a lot. I think that's a really good one. I feel like I've had something like that. I, I feel like I've had something like that, but I can't remember what it was. But a, a doppelganger dream like that, where you have, um, you know, like, like there's someone that you know in real life, but when you meet them in the dream, it's not actually them. It's like an imposter or whatever. You know, Among Us is real popular right now. It's that, that imposter dream. Has anyone in the chat had a dream like that? I could swear that I have, but like I, it's just one of those things where it's just at the back of your mind and I can't remember it. But yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. Okay, this one's about a recurring nightmare. The title of this post is 10 years of the same dreams. And the post is by Gravy Train V1. This is my first time writing, but I don't know where else to turn anymore. I've been having nightmares almost every night for about 10 years now. I'm always in the same place. It looks like a beach of some sort, but the sand is a grayish color and the water and the sky are black. Until I met my fiance, my dreams were pretty much the same every single night. I would be in that place and a man would be there. He looked just like me, but had black eye sockets with no eyes in them. Another example of a doppelganger, or a, what was the other word for my presentation? It was like a flint or something. Sorry, I'll save the analysis for after I finish reading it. Um, no eyes in them, right. He would talk to me, but not in the way people normally do. He would look at me, and I would hear what it says in my head. Oh. He would tell me to hurt and even kill people I cared about. I wouldn't be able to stop it. Also, he would make me do things to myself, which would cause me to wake up with marks and scars. What? When I moved in with my fiance, she got to see this firsthand, the things I would say and do. I would talk in my sleep and scratch myself. Here's where things get scary. I would talk sometimes in the third person 
One night, she talked to me while I was doing this and I responded, but not as me. I said things like, stay out of this or I will take him from you. The first time she decided to talk to me, I remember waking up and having no idea what happened. She was in tears and I didn't remember that conversation. She continued to talk to me every night that I was having a nightmare and over time the man in my dreams stopped showing up. She told me they would have all kinds of conversations. She basically bullied him, telling him that he was not wanted. There was even a few times where I was still asleep and I tried to grab her. It has been a few months now since he's been in one of my dreams. I still have nightmares most nights. Still in the same place, but he's not there. Other terrible things still happen, but that is a story for a different day. If you have any ideas what might cause something like this, I would be more than open to hear from you. Yeah, this one really is a psychopath. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, it actually sounds almost like a split personality. And, you know, he has like a subconscious or something that actually like wants to, you know, do harm to those around him. Oh, that's too bad. There's a dog barking. I hope that's not too loud. Um, yeah, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it actually sounds like he has, you know, his id or whatever, like as Freud would say, is like trying to bubble up in his dreams. At first I thought this was going to be more like related to the, the doppelganger thing. Let me just look up that term. It's driving me nuts. Uh, a fetch, that's what it was. Yeah, a fetch or a doppelganger. Time for meds. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, honestly though, like I feel like if you're the fiancé in that situation, that would be kind of scary as well. I don't know if that's something that you'd necessarily want to stay in or if that would be a red flag in the relationship or, or what, but yeah, that's quite alarming. Um... Oh yeah, and then as a response to the last one I read, uh, where someone that died comes to me and turns into someone else. Yeah, that's a freaky. That's a freaky thought. Uh, wow. Okay, this is a long one. This is a long one. Let's do it. The title is. I just had a traumatizing nightmare, and I can't sleep anymore because of it. This post is by Proneza underscore. So it's 2.30am here, and I just woke up from this fucked up nightmare. I don't really know how the dream started, but I remember sitting in a bus and talking to my mom on the phone. The rest is just a blurry memory, but I do remember what turned it into a nightmare. All of a sudden, the camera view changed, and it was uh, like it was directed to an almost empty parking lot in front of some random store. This is where things escalated. There was this bright blue helicopter-looking thingy that was slowly spinning in the sky. It honestly didn't look like a helicopter, but I just can't describe it. 
you could see the struggle of the pilot, and you knew that he would have a hard time coming to the ground. He eventually met the ground in a terrifying manner. He was spinning really hard when the lower half of the helicopter hit the ground. The vehicle just crashed really hard on the ground, and it was and it kind of exploded into many parts. The man that was operating the helicopter was sliced up as well. The worst part was that he was still alive. His body was separated at around his abdominal area, and he was missing an arm. He was quiet at first, and I think that was because of shock. But I just assumed he was dead, because his injuries were crazy. He wasn't. He just started screaming screaming like a madman because of the pain. He screamed for help, and I don't know if you've ever heard a real human scream before, but it sounds so terrifying because it's real. He was uh, smearing, smearing maybe, his own pool of blood because he couldn't get up. His legs were gone. His screams were so real, man, and I wish I could show you how terrifying it was because describing it isn't enough. Eventually, two people arrived at the scene and started running towards the man, but as soon as they realized they couldn't do anything about his injuries, all they could do was dial 911 and scream at them that there should be an ambulance there as soon as possible. The most awful thing was to see how helpless and scared he was. There was a lot of blood just pooling around him, and he never stopped screaming, help, help me please. The thing that woke me up was his screams getting more and more, dosed, dosed off because of how much blood he was losing. He was dying. I don't know why I would dream about something like this. I haven't watched a video on bestgore.com or anything else that might look like that. It was truly terrifying to see a man separated in three parts and still being alive. His screams were hunting, haunting, I think that should say. I'm now going to watch a whole lot of puppy and kitten videos to distract myself from this horrible nightmare, lol. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Um, this one was, uh, I mean, a bit straightforward. Like, I feel like I can, you know, imagine such a circumstance. Um, the most intriguing part about it to me was actually the uh, near the beginning at one point it mentions that the camera view in the dream changes so like it was directed to an empty parking lot in front of a random store and that's something that I've had in dreams before and it always is very unsettling like even even in like a regular dream sometimes the dream can just suddenly change and you're just looking at some empty wasteland and you have no idea what you're supposed to be looking at and that's very like unsettling just in of a, in an end of itself and that's something that I've definitely experienced before I mean but the rest of it was just a guy screaming so like yeah I'm sure it felt like very real and scary to him but it doesn't necessarily make for the creepiest read. Oh, this oh, this title though. This is a good title. Hold on to your seats. Okay, this title is Had a Nightmare Someone Was Trying to Get Into My Bedroom. I woke up to the door handle jiggling 
and this is by a user called AQB Dog. I have my son half the time, but other than that, I live alone. Last night, I had been asleep for maybe an hour when I woke up and immediately sat up in bed, frantic. I immediately started staring at my bedroom door, which was closed. I heard a noise by my bedroom door that sounded like a slight rattle. I have a child safety thing on the doorknob. And it sounded like someone was trying to pry open my door, but was met with that plastic safety lock. I wonder why he has a safety lock on his own door. Uh, anyway, then I looked down to the opening at the bottom of my door. I have a nightlight in the hallway, so a faint light is apparent. It's pitch black in my room, and I see a few quick circles of bright light appear at the bottom of my door, moving back and forth. At this point, I'm still frozen in bed, staring thinking someone broke in, came upstairs, has a flashlight, and is trying to get into my room. After maybe 10 minutes, I get up and get quietly dressed, go grab a golf club, and I hear the hallway floor creak a couple times. But my place tends to do that. I get down and try to see movement or shadows under my door. After 30 minutes, I'm convinced I'm either losing my mind, still asleep, false awakening, or someone downstairs is waiting for me. I get the nerve to make a one-time noise with my golf club to see if I can hear someone move either upstairs or downstairs to kind of jolt whoever was there. I pound once on the floor and waited, but I heard nothing. I waited 10 minutes and then made a series of pounds on the floor. Still, nothing. It's been about an hour now, and I need to suck it up and explore. Then I had an idea. I have an echo dot downstairs in my living room. I get on my phone and started to play my playlist on the echo dot. At this point, it's 1.30 a.m. and I finally open my bedroom door. Armed with my golf club, I notice no doors open or anything out of my upstairs, but I have to navigate downstairs where I'll be an open target. I turn off my playlist, turn on the light and run downstairs. Nothing is out of place. The back door is secure, the front door is secure. It's been raining hard all night and I figure I'd see a bunch of wet footprints. Smart. What I did see was a wet shoe print by my door, but all of my doors and windows are locked. I immediately search every closet and hiding spot, even my garage and in my car. I go back upstairs, bedrooms and closets still all clear. I have been up all night, no way in hell I was going back to bed. Did I dream there was someone breaking in and then woke up but still in the dream? False awakening. But that means I didn't see the flashlight waved around by my door after I was sitting up in bed. Or did I wake up because I heard the noise? When I saw the flashlight, I remember saying to myself, WTF, is this happening? Then the wet footprint by my door? Was it mine from earlier in the day? I don't know who or if anyone will read this, but it's been a surreal 14 hours since this happened, and I'm trying to come to grips with it before I head to sleep tonight. 
I figured if I wrote it all out, I might be able to tell myself I'm nuts. It's all in my head. Yeah, tonight will be fun. <laughs> that's that's wild. That's that's actually like the worst. <laughs> it almost makes me think he's had like a recent trauma or something because he keeps thinking that um, he's he's like mixing up reality and the dream, and he he genuinely doesn't know what's real. Like I've had some of that before, uh, recently, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, that's wild. Um, mine have not been that uh, life or death inducing, let's just say. Inducing is the wrong word, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but to not know whether or not you dreamed someone's breaking in, <laughs> yeah, it'd be definitely like hard to get back to sleep after that. Hmm. Let's do one more for now. This one is called Great Horror Movie Monster Idea, courtesy of My Nightmare Last Night. Well, thank you. This is by a user called Piscimene. Piscimancy, sorry. I was in a fat older woman's house. Great start. And she encouraged me to sit in her favorite rocking chair, which looks super comfy. I sat down. She left the room. And the chair started moving on its own, which I thought was fun. Then a baby climbed up to me like it was wanting to nurse. But a second look showed that the baby was all wrong. It was using its eyes to look at me, but it had a leech-like mouth where the top of its head should be, and it was moving mouth first towards me, so its eyes were looking over the top of its head. The mother came back in and clamped down to on a... I'm gonna start that again. The mother came back in and it clamped onto a bloody wound where her breast should have been and started sucking what I first thought was the fat out of her enormous body. The woman wasn't fat though. She was growing rapidly. She was growing a rapidly expanding tumor in order to have enough flesh to feed that thing every day. But she didn't always have enough. So she invited women like me over to help babysit. Pretty cohesive horror movie plot right there. She says. Yeah, that's certainly an entertaining thought. Scariest one yet, eh? <laughs> yeah, I can feel that. I notice sometimes in my peripheral vision when I like do things over here, or is it over here? I get like shadows dancing on the wall. Yeah, that's the right side. Can do fun things with that in the future. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all I have for for today. Again, uh, if you'd like me to read some of your nightmares, I can keep it anonymous, I can credit you, however you want to do it. Send your nightmares to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. And as usual, uh, we're going to be streaming again 9pm Eastern Standard Time next Sunday night. Uh, the presentation next week will be on 
uh, the complications of nightmares. So we'll get some uh, false awakenings. And I'm going to try to keep the stories related to that as well. I mean, unless you send one that says otherwise, but I mean the Reddit ones maybe. Uh, and then, yeah, false awakenings. Uh, the other thing that we were talking about. Sleep paralysis and then other other stuff like that. So it's going to be good. Um, yeah, but uh, thanks for joining me uh, today. Um, I've been Sander Desmond with the Forgotten Grove. This has been Nightmare Theater, an open book club for nightmares. And uh, yeah, subscribe and hit the bell so that you don't miss my stream start next week. And uh, just to sign off, embrace the beautiful dark. <laughs>